Welcome, everybody, and thank you so much for accepting our invitation for this Bible study and reflection on May 10th, 2023. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, our Creator God, help us to draw closer to you through your living word, and help us to set aside our idols and glorify you through our actions, thoughts, and words. We lift this prayer through your Son, Christ our Lord. Amen. Before we get started, I'd like to share a <clears throat> interesting, exciting statistic with you. Uh, my podcast requires a podcast host, and the name of the uh, group that hosts my podcast is Buzzsprout, Buzzsprout. So I get weekly emails and feedback from them. I guess it was two weeks ago, I got an email from them saying that since my podcast started, I guess a little over two years ago, it has received over 10,000 downloads. And that in and of itself is exciting, not just for me. It's exciting that God has equipped me and prepared me and allowed me to share his word and that it's been shared that many times. Because as I've always said and I truly believe, when God's word is sent out, it never returns empty. Thank you all for your continued support and interest. So, last week we took a look at King Nebuchadnezzar and his roller coaster ride during his reign as king of Babylon. Today we're going to take a look at one of his successor's rides during his reign as king of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar is referred to as Belshazzar's father. The word father sometimes was used as a term which means a predecessor to a future successor. Also in the reading for today, Belshazzar is commonly referred to as Nebuchadnezzar's son, which, as I said, is a term used for predecessor. Belshazzar would have certainly known of Nebuchadnezzar's roller coaster faith journey and his history. Nebuchadnezzar went from worshiping idols and lowercase g gods to sort of kind of acknowledging the Creator God. And then back to idol worship, and finally, after seven years of living like an animal, he professed that the Creator God was the King of Heaven. Now, of interesting note, in a couple of Paul's epistles, he has a good bit to say about submitting to and being subject to governing authorities. And since we're reading about a king today, I thought this would be appropriate. This first short reading is from Romans chapter 13, verse 1. Paul says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, you know, this could be misinterpreted as Paul telling the Romans to do whatever the governing authorities ask them or tell them to do. I kind of like the way Paul phrased it in the words he used in his letter to Titus. Notice that Paul does not tell Titus to do whatever 
the rulers and authority demand, but to be ready to do whatever is good. To me, this gives a little clearer perspective as to what Paul was trying to get across regarding submission to rulers and authorities. This short reading comes from Titus chapter 3, verse 1. Paul says to Titus, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. All right, so I'd like to offer a little background on the rulers of Babylon, and it'll give you a little insight into the context of our story today that we're going to read from the book of Daniel. In everyday straight vernacular, most of them were pretty messed up. Belshazzar's name was found in tablets and letters just outside of Babylon. The documents showed that he rose to power and was co-regent, which means his father was king. He was not anointed or crowned king, but his father allowed him to serve under him because his father was absent for a while. His father was Nabonidus, N-A-B-O-N-I-D-U-S, and that was about 545 B.C., The correspondence with Babylonian bankers in the tablets that were found and letters indicate that he was wealthy and had a large household of administrators and servants. King Nebuchadnezzar likely died in 562 B.C. He was succeeded by a son, Evil Merodach, who ruled from 562 to 560 B.C. Evil Merodach, here's where it gets interested, was murdered by Neraglissar, his brother-in-law, who succeeded him. Neraglissar, also known as Neragal Sherezer, ruled from 560 to 556 B.C. He was succeeded by his son, Labashi Murdoch, who was assassinated after two months on the throne. Lasashi excuse me, Labashi Murdoch was replaced by Nabonidus, who ruled from 556 to 539. Nabonidus restored many of the Babylonian temples that had deteriorated. This work kept him absent from the capital for about 15 years. Belshazzar was the eldest son of Nabonidus, He was appointed by Nabonidus as co-regent. The events of Daniel 5 depict the last day of the last year of the reign of Belshazzar. When Babylon fell to the Medo-Persian Empire, the narrative moves the events of Daniel 4, which we covered last week, forward by about 23 years. Belshazzar hosted an extravagant feast to boost the morale as Babylon was surrounded by a Persian army. Belshazzar had a false sense of security. Babylon had massively fortified walls and food provisions that could last many years. He thus displayed a festive mood before his nobles to demonstrate confidence in the security of his kingdom. He wanted to impress the guest by reminding the nobles of past victories over other kingdoms and gods. Some of the vessels were dedicated to the Jerusalem temple, 
and consecrated to the Most High God. Remember, they were taken during a raid of Nebuchadnezzar. This action by Belshazzar was defilement of their purpose and an affront to God. As the revelry continued, people gave toast and praised various gods that were associated with gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. And most of these elements were incorporated into the dream of Nebuchadnezzar's statue that represented kingdoms. Belshazzar had reversed the actions of Nebuchadnezzar, who had promoted the worship of the Most High God. Our reading today is rather long, but it's a great story. It comes from the book of Daniel, verse 5, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 1 through 31. King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a thousand of his nobles and drank wine with them. While Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he gave orders to bring the gold and silver goblets that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken from the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines might drink from them. So they brought in the gold goblets that had been taken from the temple of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his nobles, his wives, and his concubines drank from them. As they drank the wine, they praised the gods of gold and silver, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Suddenly, the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall near the lampstand in the royal palace. The king watched the hand as it wrote. His face turned pale and he was frightened. He was so frightened that his legs became weak and his knees were knocking. The king summoned the enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. Then he said to these wise men of Babylon, Whoever reads this writing and tells me what it means will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around his neck, and he will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or tell the king what it meant. So King Belshazzar even became more terrified, and his face grew more pale. His nobles were baffled. The queen, hearing the voices of the king and his nobles, came into the banquet hall. May the king live forever, she said. Don't be alarmed. Don't look so pale. There is a man in your kingdom who has the spirit of the holy gods in him. In the time of your father, he was found to have insight and intelligence and wisdom like that of your gods. Your father, King Nebuchadnezzar, appointed him chief of the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and diviners. He did this because Daniel, whom the king called Belshazzar, was found to have a keen mind and knowledge and understanding, and also the ability to interpret dreams, explain riddles, and solve difficult problems. Call for Daniel, and he will tell you what the writing means. So Daniel was brought before the king, and the king said to him, Are you Daniel, one of the exiles my father the king brought from Judah? I have heard that the spirit of the gods is in you, and that you have insight, intelligence, and outstanding wisdom. The wise men and enchanters were brought before me to read this writing and tell me what it means, but they could not explain it. Now, 
I have heard that you are able to give interpretations and to solve difficult problems. If you can read this writing and tell me what it means, you will be clothed in purple and have a gold chain placed around your neck, and you will be made the third highest ruler in the kingdom. Then Daniel answered the king, You may keep your gifts for yourself and give your rewards to someone else. Nevertheless, I will read the writing for the king and tell him what it means. Your majesty, the most high God, gave your father, Nebuchadnezzar, sovereignty and greatness and splendor. Because of the high position he gave him, all the nations and peoples of every language dreaded and feared him. Those the king wanted to put to death, he put to death. Those he wanted to spare, he spared. Those he wanted to promote, he promoted. And those he wanted to humble, he humbled. But when his heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne and stripped of his glory. He was driven away from people and given the mind of an animal. He lived with the wild donkeys and ate grass like the ox. And his body was drenched with the dew of heaven until he acknowledged that the Most High God is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and set over them anyone he wishes. But you, Belshazzar, his son, have not humbled yourself, though you knew all this. Instead, you have set yourself up against the Lord of heaven. You had the goblets from his temple brought to you, and you and your nobles, your wives and your concubines drank wine from them. You praised the gods of silver and gold, of bronze, iron, wood, and stone, which cannot see or hear or understand. But you did not honor the God who holds in his hand your life and all your ways. Therefore he sent the hand that wrote the inscription. This is the inscription that was written. Mean, mean, tekel, parson. Here is what the words mean. Mean, God has numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Tekel, you have weighed on the scales and found wanting. Parson, your kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then, at Belshazzar's command, Daniel was clothed in purple. A gold chain was placed around his neck, and he was proclaimed the third highest ruler in the kingdom. That very night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was slain, and Darius the Mede took over the kingdom at the age of 62. In this, Daniel revealed God's indictment of Belshazzar. He told him that he should have known better than to have exalted himself and blasphemed the Most High God. The judgment message was short. God had numbered the days of Belshazzar's kingship and kingdom. It was finished. Belshazzar had been evaluated by God's scales and was found lacking. So this story can be viewed as very shocking and disturbing. Well, you know, that may be true, but it is also very revealing. It reveals the fact that some people, or rulers in this case, just can't learn from other people's past mistakes. And speaking of mistakes, 
Some may say that God made mistakes by making these evil-doing idol worshippers kings. This could lead us down a whole nother rabbit hole. But having people rule as kings was not God's original intention or his idea. It was the people's idea. Remember, God wanted humanity to be co-rulers with him. It was basically an idea that was born out of mistrust of God. Think back to the Garden of Eden. There is no reference to walls around the Garden of Eden to protect Adam and Eve. There was no reason to because they trusted God until after the fall. And after Adam and Eve were exiled from the garden, they had two sons, Cain and Abel. Remember the story of Cain killing his brother Abel? And afterwards, he moved east of Eden and built the first city. Cities were basically built for protection of their inhabitants. This was done also out of disrespect and mistrust of God to provide protection for the people. And the idea of judges, kings, and other rulers was born out of the perceived need for someone to rule over these individual cities and nations. Once again, not God's idea or design, but humanity's. We might look at this story and say, well, my goodness, how does this apply to me today? Because, you know, that was over 2,500 years ago. The answer is simple, direct, and can be summed up in two words. Trust God. Let us pray. Almighty and most merciful God, we confess that we do not at all times put our trust in you. Help us through your Holy Spirit to know and to see that you love us, you provide for us, you care for us, and you will not forget us. We offer these things to you through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.